Welcome to the Happy Pill Podcast. I'm Ursula Yerdun. In each episode, you're going to hear me share my story while offering information and resources while you continue on your journey of surpassing the effects of abuse and depression. I'm going to be doing some interviews with some very special guests who are going to share their journey and processes because my way is not the only way of healing. And the more information we have, the more we can share with one another. My hope is that you find love, inspiration, and purpose for your life. So let's get started. All right, welcome back, my friends. Uh, I am with Pam Purnell. We are going into functional medicine. Uh, whoo, that was a lot of information in the first episode, but so valuable. So the good thing is, is that you can always reach out to Pam. You can reach out to me at the Happy Pill Podcast at gmail.com. I could forward on the information. So there are ways to get uh, get in touch with Pam to know more. But this episode, it's all functional medicine, and basically, I'm. Pam, I'm just going to let you run with it. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, and then I'll stop you if I'm like, hey, I don't understand that. Please, because uh, I have a tendency to speak um, sometimes in, in terms that are not necessarily um, understandable. So if I am going down that route, please just let me know. I think a lot of terms I think about are all these like little medical terms or like little things within our body that you talk about, like the micro form or my, microbiome. My, thank you. That yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that is. So <laughs> chances are, um, there's going to be a lot of people like that, but let, let's just start with the basic. And you wanted to, let's just recap. What yeah. is functional medicine? Yeah. So functional medicine is understanding that we're all individuals and, and really getting to the root cause of what is going on in the body. And so to do that, you use specialized diagnostic testing. Now, this testing will include looking at your genetics to see how that plays a role in your health, looking at your digestion in terms of food sensitivities, in terms of let's talk about the microbiome. So you want to be able to measure the microbiome. The microbiome is both the balance of the healthy gut bacteria and the quote unquote bad bacteria in your gut. You need both, but they need to be in a symbiotic relationship. If the bad bacteria starts to flourish and takes over the good bacteria, you're not going to be breaking down your food properly. You're not going to be absorbing the vitamins and minerals that you need properly. And this is what's going to power your cells and your liver, which at the end of the day is what produces energy and keeps your body detoxing mm-hmm. properly. So I have a question. I'm just going to put up my hand yes. every time okay. I have a question here. First of all, let's just look back at the testing because I think people want to know, well, what what is that? What does that mean? Does it like, is that CT scans? Is that like you got to go to the hospital? You got lots of needles? Right. What is the testing? So it, the testing is a variety of ways, but it's usually either urine, saliva, or blood. And so each test will require different types of specimens. But most of the functional medicine tests are meant for you as a patient to take home and administer it. So the food sensitivity test, it's just a few drops of blood. The kit comes with a lancet to puncture the tip of your finger. And you just drop a few drops of blood into this container. And what will happen is the lab will scan it to see how your body, how your immune system is reacting to food. So you know, you might have some listeners that eat dairy and they know that they're going to get bloated. Well, that is inflammation. That's me. That's you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. A little, <laughs> bit, a little bit. Okay. Right. 
And so um, any time, time your body has inflammation, well, there's two types of inflammation. There's good inflammation and there's chronic long-term inflammation, which is not good for your body. So good inflammation would be like you cut yourself and when it starts to get red and a little bit itchy, that's your body healing. Problem is, is when you have long-term inflammation, like let's say you eat gluten and mm-hmm. you don't have that outward um, uh, bloating, gassy. There's a lot of people who can eat gluten, but it's still causing high levels of inflammation. So that's what this test is going to measure. It looks at over 200 foods, meats, um, grains, fruits and vegetables, herbs, and people will often be surprised by the types of food that come up. But when you eliminate the food, and it doesn't mean you have to eliminate it forever, sometimes because we have, as humans are um, habits of creature, we tend to eat the same thing day after day after like day. chocolate? <laughs> Everyone knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate. But let's say like you eat oatmeal for breakfast. I and, do. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, but when we eat it 365 days a year, if that's a type of food that's causing inflammation that you don't know, what happens is this inflammation gets stored in your body some ways. So joint pain, most people don't realize mm. that joint pain is related to the food we eat. Oh, okay. Eczema. Eczema is almost always caused by dairy or eggs. So, oh. and if any of your listeners have had eczema for a long time and they've tried any cream, I highly suggest you get the food sensitivity test done. And I would put money on the fact that dairy or eggs is your problem. Um, I've heard time and time again where a clinician will have a patient, runs a test, comes up dairy or eggs, they remove it and their eczema goes away. As soon as they eat it, their eczema comes back. Wow, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Okay. So that so that could be that could be a lot of issues. Then, like a lot of our food be, could be causing mm-hmm. a lot of problems. Yeah, and it's not always the ones we think of. We have the big ones that we know cause inflammation. So corn because it's genetically modified, gluten because it's genetically modified, dairy because our body's just not meant to drink animal milk or eat animal milk products. Um, so it comes up a lot because it's genetically modified. So those are really the big ones. And then sometimes you have foods come up that you go, huh, I never would have thought about that, but you don't know what's causing the silent inflammation. And so let's talk about a woman who's been on a weight loss journey, just won't let go of the last 10 pounds. That's usually because your body is so inflamed. It's just holding on to that weight. Oftentimes after running a food sensitivity test, you eliminate the food and the last 10 pounds will drop off. Hmm. Migraines, oftentimes caused by food, but people don't know that. Because, uh, I mean, especially here in Calgary, because we have such different weather pressures. Yeah. Where it's like my, it's like, I have friends who are, are like a human barometer, yeah. right? Anytime a Chinook comes in, they're like, oh my God, my head, my oh. head. So there's probably some legitimacy to that, but also you think that a lot of it is, is food sensitivity. Well, I mean, pressure, for sure, pressure yep. will um, cause a migraine. But yeah, foods, if you get migraines a lot, you should get the test done because it's been shown to reduce the duration of migraines, but also the amount of migraines without having to take um, any of the pharmaceuticals. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So what about that? Now I've got, uh, there's a lot of international listeners, you know, from all parts of the world. And so is functional medicine available to them? Yeah. So in uh, Europe... Europe is just so much further ahead of us. 
a lot of how they practice medicine would include some functional medicine tests. Like the Germans are so far ahead of us and the Germans have a functional medicine lab, which focuses on Lyme and viruses. Um, And their system just is more open to alternative modalities. Australia is definitely open. I don't know about Asia. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a good question. I'm going to look into the Asian countries but I don't know of any labs over there specifically right. that are functional medicine labs. So otherwise, you know, some of these people are going to have to travel um, yeah. if they are having serious health concerns. Well, yes, but also a lot of companies will sell direct to patients now. Mm. And so if you want to start the journey by doing self-testing, that's an option. Like talking about the microbiome, there's a company called Viome out of the U.S., And it will tell you your balance of good bacteria to bad bacteria. And if you have any parasites in your system. Now, the only caveat I will say with self-testing is you want to have a professional read the results. And people would go, okay, Pam, you're being a little conspiracy theorist here. But um, for example, 23andMe, I used it because I wanted my raw data the business model of 23andMe has always been to operate at a loss so more and more people can afford the test. So then they get the genetic data and they were doing this in the with the intention of being bought out by a big company. Now, Bayer is a big pharmaceutical company. They bought um, 23andMe and they've limited... So in your raw data, there's what's called methylation um, SNPs. And so your methylation SNPs are your individual genes that shows how well you detox. And this is key in understanding part of why you may not be feeling your best self or why you've got chronic fatigue. You need to understand this piece. And so um, there's not a lot of rules around what companies who collect your genetic information, what they can do. So 23andMe was involved in a class action lawsuit because they were selling people's genetic data to insurance companies. She's not farting people. That's just the chair rubbing <laughs> Sorry, against the yeah. desk. Um, and then the um, insurance companies were denying people's claims based on a quote unquote pre-existing condition based on a gene that hasn't turned on. It just has a propensity to have the potential to turn on if you're not taking care of your body properly. So if you want to do 23andMe, I recommend using a fake name because we don't know in the future <laughs> the impact of a company having our genetic code. So Hmm. again, I'm glad I got my raw data. It was very useful in in seeing genetics where um, I'm not working properly, methylation being one. And then mold um, was the other area where I have bunk genetics. But aside from that, genetically, I was pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So keep that in mind. So if you do decide to do self-testing, you want to get connected with a practitioner who understands these tests. And so because of that, I usually recommend seeing a functional medicine practitioner who will help you decide which test is best for you. Because again, there you pay for the test out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's something you talked about in your previous episode was the cost yeah. of this. And that could be a concern for some people that are like, I want to do this, you know, but it costs too much. Well, here's, here's what I went through. So I would go out for dinner, let's say on a date. We'd have appies, an amazing dinner, maybe a great bottle of wine. The bill would come, it would be $200. By the time you add on tip, you're almost at 250 bucks. Wouldn't bat an eye. But then somebody would say to me, oh, you need to pay $250 for this test. And I'd go, that's so expensive. I can't afford that. Well, <laughs> 
I've had to look at my health like an investment. And so if you're not feeling well, you can do what I did and just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Or you can actually be proactive and do these tests now, get better, but also know your propensities of what you need to do to keep yourself well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really key phrase is the investment in your health. Yeah. Right. Because it's going to be difficult to go out to these dinners and dates and stuff like that if you don't have the energy exactly. uh, to go out and do them. Right. So that's a very interesting perspective. Okay. You wanted to break down functional medicine into different parts. Yeah. So to just really help understand the way in which we look at the body um, through the lens of functional medicine. So the first thing that people generally do is look at your digestion because your gut will impact your mental health. (laughs) So first of all, you want to look at, are you digesting properly? And and that's where um, using tests, a stool test, will look at your good bacteria, your bad bacteria. And then also if you have any parasites, parasites will drain your energy, they'll absorb your nutrients. But an area that people don't think about is your stomach acid levels. Most of us are operating with low stomach acid. And so so let's say you go to the doctor because you get heartburn a lot. Well, in the conventional system, it's quote unquote well-known that you have too much stomach acid, but in fact, your stomach acid is too low and that's what's causing the heartburn. And Mm. so you shouldn't be on a PPI because that's just depressing your stomach acid. What's a PPI? Sorry, proton pump inhibitor. Okay. So if you go and you get um, heartburn, that's what your doctor is going to give you. And the reason your stomach acid is low is because your liver is working overtime. It's not producing the bile, which will have a direct link to the amount of stomach acid. So when your stomach acid is low, you're not going to break down your food. When it goes to your small intestine, you're not going to absorb the nutrients properly because it hasn't been broken down. Maybe you're lacking enzymes. Enzymes are also what helps to break down food. And then your liver needs B vitamins to work effectively. If you're not absorbing nutrients and your liver's not working effectively, then it's going to cause more stress on your liver and it becomes this vicious cycle. Hmm, interesting. So, so much of this is liver related. Yes, really right. so much of our health problems. And you'll hear me talk about the liver over and over and over. And in this episode comes back to our liver, which is such an underrated organ, organ in our day-to-day mentality. Because it's our greatest detoxifier. Exactly. Right? Yes. And that's, um, that's the book. I think that's the book that I, I think you even recommended to me from Anthony William, the liver detox. Yes. Is, is that, the, is that the right title? I actually have it behind me. <laughs> it is liver it. rescue. That's it. Liver rescue. Yeah. Sorry. Liver rescue. Yeah. Cause he really talks a lot about the liver rescue and just the liver itself and the function that it performs in our body that we really don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, okay, so that's, that's, he's one person that you're... Yeah, that I, you I definitely... So you got to approach Anthony William with an open mind because he talks about getting his information from spirit, but I've taken all the information I've gained in my own personal health journey, working in the conventional system, working in functional medicine and cross-reference it with Anthony William. And what I find is he really fills the holes that may be there, whether it's functional medicine or... Um, conventional medicine. Mm, and he, he does a good job of explaining um, how complementary and alternative medicine can positively impact our body. So supplements, how that can positively impact our liver, meditation. Mm-hmm. He includes um, 
meditation where you put your hands on your liver and it's really just about um, helping your liver to work more effectively by doing visualization. And so this is where it might be outside the realm of functional medicine, but it's still part of healing the liver. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not just, there's not just one way to do it. That's there's right. multiple ways of doing it. Yeah. Okay. So gut, um, looking at our gut, getting tested for our gut, our digestion, that's huge. That's huge. In functional medicine, which is probably the biggest one. Yeah. And then, and then what happens after that? So, I mean, depending on your symptoms, but what else is common is our liver is very much connected to our hormones. So if our digestion's off, our hormones will almost always be off. So if you have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, that's from your hormones being off, premenopausal symptoms, postmenopausal symptoms, lack of sex drive. That can be because when your body is highly inflamed, making enough neurotransmitters becomes almost impossible because you don't have the building blocks to start out with. And so I know for myself, I had very low levels of these building blocks, so the vitamins and minerals, and I had what's called an organic acids test done. And that's just a little bit of urine, and they go through and they look at all the metabolites in your system. So whether it's a neurotransmitter, whether it's a vitamin, a yeast, a fungus, they'll measure these metabolites in your urine. And because I wasn't absorbing properly, I was low in almost everything. Mm. And so it was no surprise that my hormones were low, and then like lack of drive was there and just... Um, not feeling myself, but even just on a mental level, it explained why I had depressive-like symptoms mm -hmm. because I didn't have the serotonin and neuro, um, the neurotransmitters, norepinephrine, the feel-good, happy neurotransmitters to feel good. Mm -hmm. So that could actually be, even with my stuff, my CPTSD. Yep, that could be very much hormonally related. Yes. To, hmm. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to talk more after this episode. <laughs> and this is where I say. Having the numbers in front of you, when you see on that sheet of paper that you're low in everything, it explains why you feel like you need to lie on the couch because right. physiologically, it's that explanation. And mm -hmm. it takes away the feeling of I'm crazy, I'm lazy. And the judgment. The so judgment. The, yeah, the self-judgment and then the judgment from others. It's yep. like, no, I can, I can show you what yes. is actually happening with me. Yes. Right. And that's where IVs are very powerful because you can IV, build... you said, right? IV. IV, okay. Yeah. So the vitamin IVs that we talked about in the previous episode. Right. So you can build your personalized IV vitamin bag based on your organic acids result. And so you can really supplement. Now, can you do IVs long-term? Sure, but it becomes cost prohibitive. So you want to heal the digestive system to help and heal the liver to help your hormones work better. But in the meantime, that's going to get you through. It'll help your hormones. It'll help your energy levels. You're going to feel like your old self. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I do an IV and it takes about 12 hours. So I get it in the, say the evening, the next morning, I wake up feeling amazing. So much energy. I feel clear. Wait, hang on. It, it, the IV is a 12 hour process? No, sorry. It's, it's about 45 minutes and oh, then okay. it takes about 12 hours for my body to process it all. Okay. And and the next day is when I usually notice a big change. Mm -hmm. And how long does that last then? Yeah, it lasts about two weeks for me. For okay. some people, it lasts longer. Um, it just depends on how fast your body metabolizes and uses up the vitamins. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what's the next phase? Right. So you look at your hormones. If you're still having problems, that's when you want to look at, okay, 
What externally is causing you problems? Is it heavy metals? Are you getting a lot of lead from the water that you're drinking? Because when you have high levels of heavy metals, it again places pressure on your liver. You're not detoxifying. But heavy metals can cause dementia-like symptoms because they get stored in your brain. Oh, wow. I mean, they can get stored anywhere, but right. they have the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. And we see in people um, who have died of Alzheimer's, there's actually patches of your brain gone. But what happens is like the mercury in your brain literally melts your brain away. Wow. So, so explain this blood-brain barrier. Right. So your brain is smart. It's got this barrier where it won't let things across other than what it needs. So like vitamins, minerals, everything else should be kept outside of your brain. So your brain operates on healthy fats. So like omegas are food for your brain. So this blood brain barrier, there's some drugs that can cross it. There's some viruses that can cross it. And when you have things permeating the blood brain barrier that shouldn't be there, that's when you get brain fog and cognitive problems. Wow. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So to get tested for heavy metals, it's not very expensive, less than a hundred bucks. And it's a little bit of urine. And so there's this doctor, he's a functional doctor. I think he's in the, uh, in the U S his name's Dr. Dale Bredesen. He's come up with the Bredesen protocol and what he has found when people start to exhibit early symptoms of dementia, you want to get in there and attack the heavy metals and the inflammation so there's what's called chelation. And chelation, That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Chelation is similar to what I talked about in the last episode with glutathione. So when you get the IV therapy, you get a glutathione push, it goes in it um, like a magnet, traps all the toxins, and you eliminate it out of your system through your urine. Chelation will do the same thing, but with heavy metals. And so it very rapidly gets rid of heavy metals from your brain, from your organs, because heavy metals can't hang out in your blood. Because if it does, it'll cause damage to your organs. So they have to get stored in fat deposits. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Bredesen has shown that you can reverse dementia that's caused by heavy metals very easily. Like it's, it's an intensive process, but his patients then go back to normal cognitive function, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But that's just from heavy metal dementia, not, I mean, I don't know about dementia, but um, if there's other ways of, of uh, contracting that or if it's genetic or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read, dementia is really not genetic. It's things that get into our brain that causes brain problems that shouldn't be there. Okay. Is basically that, that's what you were just talking about, the, the blood-brain barrier. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So after that, now So after heavy metals, that's when you want to start to look at viruses, parasites, bacteria, and Lyme. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I wish I would have done the Lyme and the mold testing a long time ago. So this branch of functional medicine is called environmental medicine. And honestly, there's not that many doctors that specialize in it because the training is intensive but all of your patients are chronic complex patients and that's not everyone's cup of tea. So if you are that chronic patient who's been struggling with fatigue, maybe you've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue, MS, you want to find a doctor who understands functional or sorry, environmental medicine. That is key. And so a lot of those patients will be diagnosed with mold symptoms, heavy metal symptoms. Um, In my case, Lyme, there's so many people who have Lyme and, and Lyme and co-infections. So what co-infections are is they're common. 
um, bacterial and viral infections that you see when you have Lyme. So I was diagnosed with Lyme and then Coxsackie virus, echovirus, which is related to a tick bite. But as I mentioned, not all Lyme comes from ticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Anthony William, this is interesting. And I wouldn't say this is in the mainstream thinking. Like if you were going to a functional doctor, they wouldn't talk about this. But Anthony William talks about Lyme being viral and being caused by um, when our immune system is overloaded. So the, oftentimes people exhibit Lyme symptoms after they paint the house from all their fumes mm, in the paint. Right. When carpet is cleaned, they use such terrible chemicals. Lime will often come on after that. Um, he also talks about uh, like a lot of people get sick after pregnancy, especially their second pregnancy where they just feel fatigued. That can be Lyme being brought on by all the stress on your immune system, the death in a family. So um, again, if you were to go see an environmental doctor, they wouldn't talk about that, but keep that in the back of your mind. If you're going to do Lyme testing, um, the so, research- li- so it's interesting how Lyme seems to be quite a, a much deeper issue than what people actually realize. Yes, yes. And, and if you get tested positive for Lyme, you want to make sure you get tested positive for virus or get at least test for viruses. Um, and then you can do what's called an environmental pollutants test, which will look at phthalates, all these different types of chemicals. Because if you have high levels, that may have been what induced the Lyme or at least the other viruses to allow the Lyme to come in. And research has shown that antibiotics in Lyme, even though that's the standard treatment, people are on antibiotics for, gosh, sometimes up to a year, which kills your microbiome, right? So your bad bacteria gets out of balance. And, And the research shows that the Lyme the, the bacteria, so the, um, the Bergdorfi, the, gets, it can um, transform itself. So it goes from one form to another, and it can hide in cells, outside of cells. It's so smart. Wow. So I don't mean, if you're somebody who's listening who has Lyme and you're doing antibiotics and it's working for you, you know, I think we all need to be our own healers. Um, but, you know, take that into consideration and and... Again, I I hate to say like don't do that because again if it's working for someone, but it wasn't part of my journey, um, and a lot of people I talk to who have been on long term antibiotics, it creates more problems right. in the end. Right, and I always say almost on like all my episodes, it's it's just this is just information. Yeah, right. It's information, and then talk to your people, talk to your team, yeah. talk to your professionals, whatever you want, and then move your journey from there. Yes, right, and because empower yourself. Exactly. Yeah, empower yourself and and get some more knowledge, get some more information, right? Yes. Because it's your journey, it's your life, it's your purpose. So you know, be in charge of it. Yes. Right. So this is just information. Pam's not saying yes, do this. No, don't do that. You're just providing uh, another resource for for people who do have chronic illness, because really, a lot of people have chronic illness, and they're they're that's in studies now. It's like it seems to be an epidemic. Yeah. Of of chronic, you know. And, you know, let's just go an area of medicine that's so not known. So there's what's called to produce energy in our body. Do you remember back to bio 20 when we looked at the cell? Girl, that was like, that was like decades ago. I know. Of course not. I, I never took biology. 
Oh, okay. No, it grossed me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do a quick, a quick bio 20 review. Okay. So in our cell, you have what's called the mitochondria. And that's the powerhouse that produces energy for the cell, which powers our body. There's what's called mitochondrial dysfunction. And that is becoming more well-known in functional medicine. Naturopaths totally understand it. Mm-hmm. But what isn't well understood is how um, the blue light from our devices affects our mitochondria, causes them to shut down. And our body, our earth, everything on our planet operates in a rhythm. Sunrise, sundown. Our body operates in rhythms too. But we have gotten so out of touch with um, the cycles of nature. And so Mm -hmm. when we get up and see the sunrise and sunset, our mitochondria is able to function better. But when we're inside, we're exposed to fluorescent lights, TVs, screens, whether it be our skin or our eyes, our body takes in this blue light, shuts down our mitochondria. It also shuts down our ability to produce melatonin, which helps us sleep. And so this really messes up our natural rhythms. And so when we're shutting down the mitochondria, and I don't want to get too sciencey, but if somebody wants to look it up, they can. It interferes what's called our interleukin-4. Our, our what? <laughs> I know. Interleukin-4. That basically is a fancy word that says for immune dysregulation. Okay. It's linked to. I don't want to go into too much there. But there's just so much that we are becoming aware of that is causing our chronic illnesses. That's why I'm bringing this up because it's a, an, a combination of all this blue light we're being exposed to, which we were never before, mm-hmm. as well as all these toxins and chemicals we're being exposed to. That is causing so much stress on our body. This is why so many people are coming down with chronic illnesses. Well, and then you said in the last episode, even uh, wireless. Yes, Wi-Fi. Right? So all as as much as technology is benefiting us, it's yep. also causing our physical body's harm. Yes, as and, well. And again, you can just empower yourself when you know that. So if and hey, I'm as guilty as the next person using my devices at night, watching TV at night. Oh yeah. Put on your blue blockers. That's uh-huh. important. And blue blockers are not expensive. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, blue blockers are glasses. Yes. Yeah. They're blo- they're glasses that block out the harmful light. So then at night you'll produce your melatonin. And shut off your Wi-Fi at night to mm-hmm. allow your body to get to a state of rest. That's really important. Actually, in Germany, again, I'm going to say the Germans are so smart. They are outlawing Wi-Fi in schools because it's affecting children's brains. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, most Europeans shut off their Wi-Fi at night. I did not know that. Yeah, it's common knowledge in Europe. But again, the European standards and the North American standards were developed very differently. In North America, they took a 200-pound mannequin, shot Wi-Fi waves at the mannequin. When his body went up by one degree Celsius, that's when they said, okay, that is the threshold. So that's why our numbers in North America are so much higher than the allowable standards in Europe. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because really, when you think about it, how often do you need Wi-Fi? You know, if we, if we put our devices and we hardwire them into the walls, we really shouldn't need that. I mean, sure. It's convenient sometimes when we're out and about and we want to download something, but we've replaced convenience, um, for maintaining our health. And again, Mm -hmm. I think it's just lack of awareness. Yeah, absolutely. It will come out at some point. It always does. Do you remember the days when you had to plug in your phone into (laughs) like this modem? Do you remember that? Right. 
you totally. get that oh god that terrible sound yeah it would take like two minutes just to connect <laughs> just, <laughs> those were days yeah. you had to be committed oh my god and to think how nouveau that was at the time it's like oh my god look at what we could do and now look at what technology is and the fact that it keeps changing every few months right so totally and i don't really want to go into 5g what is that 5g so right now oh 5g 5g yeah 5g has terrible health implications for us I don't want to go into that because that could be its whole episode. But if people want to do some research, go and research 5G. Um, you know, they've done studies on animals and the results are not good. Oh, God. Yeah. So, again, there's ways to get around that. You mm-hmm. can keep your phone on 3G and that makes a huge difference. And again, just... I didn't, I didn't even realize you could do that because I think mine's a 4G that 4G. I have right now. And if you have huh. a Wi-Fi device... You'll notice, so in my house, when I had a Wi-Fi expert come and measure, with my Wi-Fi on, the number was at 520,000. You don't want it higher than 100 for acceptable levels. When we shut off my Wi-Fi and my phone was on 4G, it was at 120,000. When we took it back to 3G, it went down to like 20,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you even do that? Because people are going to ask. They're like, how do you do that? Can I... Oh, yeah. You want to take my phone? Yeah. Log oh, in. Oh, here. Uh, yeah. And we're going to go under settings and I'll walk. Are you with TELUS or Rogers? I'm with Rogers. Okay, perfect. Because okay. Rogers, I know. TELUS is a little bit different. Okay. So there's my settings. Is this an iPhone? No. No, it's uh, it's a Pixel. Pixel 3. Okay. Let's, let's include that in the resources because I don't know with Pixels how to do that. But on iPhone, you go into settings, cellular, it'll say LTE, 3G. Right. You just click on 3G. Oh, isn't that interesting? Now... It took me a while to get used to the slower data <laughs> and especially for something like maps or I just wanted to Google something quickly. Yeah. And times when I got frustrated, I just kept remembering that number of like 20,000 versus 120,000. Yeah. Versus 500 and some odd thousand. And here's the other thing I'm going to say. the So a lot of couples now are having trouble with fertility, men especially. Well, where do men carry their cell phones? In their pockets. And the proximity to their... Their parts. Their parts. It's been shown to reduce sperm counts dramatically. Wow. So do you know Dave Asprey, Bulletproof mm. Coffee? No, sorry. No, who's this? Dave Asprey. He's a biohacker. He was a tech guy. He got sick with mold illness, similar to me. And he went on a journey to find out what was wrong with him. He got into functional medicine and went like, what the hell? Why don't people know about this? But he started to biohack... And of course, he realized the impact of Wi-Fi on your body. And so now what he does is he carries it in his um, backpack. But in case he doesn't have that, what he does is he buys this material, which will block Wi-Fi. It's a fabric. Mm -hmm. He has his tailor sew this fabric into his pockets of his pants. And then that way, if he has to carry his phone in his pants, at least it's not constantly bombarding his... Parts. Yep. <laughs> parts. <laughs> Causing extra radiation. Isn't that interesting? I mean, they already create UVA, UVB clothing, you know, yes. for when you're out in the sun. So now, now we're making wireless protective clothing. Yes. Isn't that, <laughs> wow. Isn't that something? Wow. Oh, that's like mind blowing. Yeah. Okay. So do we have anything more of functional medicine? For the environmental medicine? I mean, there's lots of other tests. There's cardiac tests. So... If you have any issues with your heart, I would strongly recommend doing some of these tests 
because it'll, it'll give you so much more information mm-hmm. than what you're going to get with your family doctor. And again, information just empowers you to make smarter decisions. And mm-hmm. you'll see, again, seeing the numbers and how it breaks down, you can make very small lifestyle changes, which can impact your heart. Um, and then in terms of any other testing, you know, again, it's symptom-based, but I really wanted to highlight you know, some of the specific tests. So if people are listening and they have certain symptoms, they go, I'm interested. I can learn. They can actually go to my website, healingtrialchemy.com. I've got a ton of information about functional um, testing. And then from there, it's about finding the right doctor who understands because each functional doctor will specialize in a different area. There's lots of functional doctors that specialize in anti-aging specifically through hormone. Mm. Great. If, um, you have hormone imbalances. Not so great if you think you have Lyme and mold issues. You have to go to that environmental doctor. So interesting. Yeah, keep that in mind. It's it's like mm, I don't know. Let's say massage or Cairo. Each Cairo has their own specialty. Right. Same idea with the functional doctors. So interesting. So what I'm understanding of functional medicine, because this was all so new to me, yeah, is that it is a uh, lots of testing. Lots of testing to figure out and to start to narrow down yep. um, what issues that you have because there could be a multitude of issues. Yep. Right. So the testing is absolutely necessary. And then from the testing to find the appropriate uh, functional medicine doctor that will treat that condition. Yeah. The functional medicine doctor will recommend the tests. Right. And hey, it may, might only be one test that you have to do, in mm-hmm. which case, hallelujah. Yeah. If you've got a chronic condition be prepared. You're probably going to do multiple tests, three, maybe four. Sometimes it's a lot, but, um, you're going to get answers. And sometimes just having that information, not sometimes when you have that information, you can make the smartest choice. Sometimes the smartest choice is a pharmaceutical. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a supplement. It's a herb, but by having all of this extra information, A, you get answers. So you feel more empowered. B, you get the right treatment. You can heal more quickly. You mm-hmm. don't have to suffer anymore is really the point of functional medicine. And and here's the thing. So I, I think that functional medicine is amazing, but I really believe in the mind-body-spirit connection. So when you're seeing a functional medicine doctor, you want to follow the protocols. But our bodies, when they get sick, there's usually a component, whether it be um, trauma component, there's something happening on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. which is also impacting our health. So yeah. whether you want to see a medical intuitive, whether you want to see a Reiki practitioner, it's good to do that in conjunction because when you look at the body from a very physical aspect and you're doing all the right things, sometimes you aren't getting to the point of being completely healed. Mm-hmm. So that's when you start to look at the emotional, spiritual level and do healing there. And together is when you're going to get the most benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, completely agree with the whole mind-body connection. And I've, I've talked about that in, in previous episodes, the emotional body, the physical body, the spiritual body, the mental body, mm-hmm. right? They're all connected. So if you've got an issue in one of them, in one of those bodies, it's going to be affecting another one of the bodies, yes. right? So, so yeah, I mean, I think when we get to the physical realm um, or when there's physical issues, there's been stuff already in process. Yep. You know, from the other, you know, uh, mental, spiritual, and emotional, yep. right? It's just once our bodies become symptomatic, that's when we start to take action because we're not aware of, you know, the other areas that are being impacted. Totally. And you know what? Let's highlight depression, for example. Here's where functional medicine really does a great job. 
So functional medicine can understand that depression can be caused by a lot of things. High levels of inflammation, low levels of vitamin D, low levels of omega, trauma, Um, heavy metal toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, all of these things can cause depression. So it's about eliminating and figuring out which one is causing. But then on the flip side, functional medicine understands that um, it's not just all these outside factors causing depression. So like one condition, many causes, there can be many causes as well for the condition. So um, when you look at depression again, so I'm thinking about this tree. So if you picture depression in the middle, you've got all these imbalances. And then over here, what is causing the imbalance? So what is causing the neurotransmitters to be out? Again, is it low vitamins? And that's where you can use testing like organic acids to see your levels, right? What on a physical level is causing that depression? Because yes, it's in the mental realm, but you can do the testing in a very physical way to see what's going on. And I just think that's so empowering because again, antidepressants might be the right thing for you, but what if the depression is being caused by the fact that your digestion is off and you're not absorbing the mm-hmm. vitamins and minerals, right? You struggle for all these years and, and I think the antidepressants can help. But then if you start doing IVs and that helps your body to have the building blocks to make the neurotransmitters, that can hugely change your depressive symptoms, sometimes See, eliminate it. And, and for someone like me, like I would have never thought of that, right? right. Because of my, you know, uh, CPTSD and because of the depression and stuff like that, I always just thought that that is a condition because of what had happened to me because of the trauma. Yeah. So it just feels like, for, at least for me, is that that condition is stuck in my brain. Yep. It's stuck in my mind because it's so much of it is mental, right? Yeah, my body physically went through those uh, assaults um, like, you know, so many decades ago, but it still feels like that condition is is mental. Right. But yet what it is, what what I'm understanding is that it, it it's there, but it could also be that if my stomach gut isn't working properly, that is going to um, aid in the depression or, yes. you know, keep it there. And for you... Um, you know, not fully aware of everything that's going on with you when you, so whatever our brain thinks. So when you relive those traumatic experiences, it's going to send those chemical, um, transmitters to your body to release inflammatory cytokines to, to be triggered. So there's a very physical response, which can then depress the neurotransmitters. So this pattern over and over and over can depress other um, other systems. So for you, it might not be a poor digestive system. It could be the fact that this trauma is causing your body to respond in a very physical way. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the trauma, but also address how the trauma is affecting your body physically. And that's where I think having working with trauma experts and working with a functional medicine expert can go hand in hand because a functional medicine expert will say to you, Ursula, let's test your vitamin mineral levels. Let's test your inflammation. And let's say it's high levels of inflammation. You can take antioxidants, so supplements. So if we think about blueberries being high in antioxidants. I have those with my oatmeal. Oh yeah, perfect. Awesome. (laughs) I'm there. Perfect. So these super high levels of antioxidants will help reduce the inflammation, which can then help the depression. Mm. So... We just want to keep that in mind um, when we're thinking about healing. And that's why I think when you work with a functional medicine practitioner, not all of them are open 
to the mind, body, spirit. But I would say if they're in functional medicine, they're at least aware of it. Mm -hmm. So they may not say to you, hey, go see this energy practitioner in conjunction, but they're going to be open to it. Right. Right. And so for that's for you to use your intuition as to what feels right. But having the numbers to be empowered, yeah. you can be doing the right things to physically help your body where you're healing your emotional body. And this is amazing because I feel like hearing you and, and talking about this now, it's like that would make sense for me to try in my next step. This is my own personal journey, my friends. Um, but for me, that makes sense now because I've been so stuck and trapped yep. in this. Uh, it feels like a system, right? Yep. This depressive system and traumatic system my entire life that I'm like, I feel like I, I don't even know what to do anymore, right? right. Uh, I mean, I'm taking the medication that they want me to, but I'm like, that is not what I want to stay on because I know that it's something deeper, but I don't know how to how to get there. You yep. know, and I talk about what I share with my therapist and um, the techniques that I'm using and the tapping, mm -hmm. uh, the EMDR, you know, and I'm writing, I'm journaling, I'm, you know, but still, you know, I'm still very symptomatic because again, here's my voice for the past three months now yep. that I haven't been able to really figure out and how to heal it properly. So this is going to be my next av uh, avenue to, to look into because something has, has got to shift. Something's yes. got to shift. And here's the other thing that I'll say. I, I've done energy medicine for a long time. I'm a huge that's believer. How we met. Yes, you know, exactly. That's how Ursula and I met. Yeah. But energy medicine can't hold if you don't have the building blocks to power your body. So mm -hmm. have you ever had a, um, an energy medicine session where you felt like things shifted and then it shifted back? Yeah, I would say sometimes even with Olga, like I would have something really move and then, but it would never stay. Right. So... Yeah. To process, let's go back a step. So you need to have the building blocks, amino acids, vitamins, minerals, to physically be able to facilitate that trauma leaving the body. Because mm -hmm. that's what happens on a very physical level. If you don't have that, the trauma can get stuck again. And so that's why we can feel this huge shift and then it goes back. So that's why we really need to be working on the physical and emotional in conjunction. Right. Mm -hmm. God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Wow. So as we're wrapping up this, yeah. this episode here now, um, so just quickly tell people what you do, because if people want to contact you, because yep. you're not, um, you're not a practitioner, you're not a doctor. That's right. Uh, but you are what, a facilitator? Perhaps? Yeah. I like to call myself a health concierge or a health broker. Oh, I like that concierge. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so what my role is, is to sit with you and assess, because here's the thing. Let's say you took all the information we just talked about and you go, I need all of this. And you start your own journey through Google. All you have are people's websites to make a decision. And a lot of naturopaths, functional doctors, they all say they treat the same thing. But in reality, they all have their own specialty. So what I'll do is sit with you, go, based on what you're telling me, it could be probably this or this. Like, let's take you, for example. Mm -hmm. You go, okay, where do I start with getting IVs, getting some functional testing? I'm going to say, Ursula, based on the fact that you need someone who understands trauma and emotional component, there's two doctors that I think would work really well for you. Here's their names. Here's their contact information. You call them, have the free 15-minute call, see who resonates the most. But, I mean, you have limited time with these doctors. They're going to go over your results and tell you, what you need to do, what you need to change in your life. I'm the support on the back end that understands all of this, that helps you make the changes. 
So I, I coach people. So I'll go into your home. I'll help you based on the test. Go, what do you need to change? Like, let's go through your kitchen. Let's get rid of all the things that are preventing you from healing on a very physical level. But then we start to look at your house um, in many other levels. Let's test it. If you think mold is your problem, I'm going to show you how to test it for mold. If you need help with doing the functional test, I'm going to help you with actually doing that because some people just don't have the energy to read the instructions, which can be complicated. Yeah. Let's look at your Wi-Fi. And then when you leave the doctor and they've got 20 minutes to explain this very complex system, and then you have a million questions, I can be there to answer the questions in the meantime. So I'm going to work very closely with the doctor's recommendations to help get you better very quickly and just to help you go onto the healing path. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Intuitively, Mm -hmm. you need to make that decision, but I'm going to lead you to that path and help you get there more quickly so you're not wasting time, money, and energy. Sign me up, sister. Sign me <laughs> okay. up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> going. Is there any final last thing that you want to say in the last couple of minutes uh, that we have here? I think we get used to suffering. And I think that um, as people who have been through maybe trauma, uh, um, physical issues, we might go to different doctors, different practitioners. We're not meant to come to this planet and suffer. We're meant to be vibrant human beings. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's easy to get stuck in thinking this is going to be my life and I'm never going to get better. And I'm here to say that there's answers out there. And functional medicine is one way to start with getting those answers. And then when you have the answers, you can bring in other modalities to really help you heal. So if you're listening and you feel deflated and like things are never going to change and your doctors don't understand... I've been there. I know you've been there, Ursula. Mm -hmm. It's a hard place to be, Um, but there's hope. And we don't need to be in that place anymore. And and yes, it's going to take an investment. It's going to take time, but we can heal. And our bodies are meant to heal. Our bodies are so smart. Well, that's what I think too. I think our bodies are just magical, right? We are this living, breathing organism created by something very divine. And so if, if we are getting sick, we are the healer, Yep. you know, but it's just trying to find the access to that, right? How we do that. And that's what you're providing. So you're providing in essence, a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. for for people yep. which is which is just amazing so i thank you so much for coming on here and you know if there's more questions more or something perhaps you'll come back another time if if we get inundated sure. um you know with information and then pam's going to be here and you're going to provide all your information for us and some of the websites that you've already sent me um we're all going to put it up onto the blog and onto the resources page so my friends you can you can go and check it out there Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me, Ursula. Oh, my God. Loved it. Now now I'm sleepy. I could have a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Part of the conditioning. All right, my friends. Uh, hopefully that was informational for all of you, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know is in immediate need of help, please contact your local authorities, distress center, or professional care provider. If you'd like more information on this episode or other topics, go to my website, UrsulaYou'reDone.com.